0: This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating
1: at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and that, yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. Is it the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion? The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chas Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars.
0: Wes McDougall is making a return to the engineer's chair, but whilst he's been away, he's been working on developing a driver training course. Good question,
2: the question that the race engineer uh... And often, you know, and and has to be both you're sort of looking at the technical side and and trying to improve, but you're also there as the the driver's coach on, on a race weekend.
0: We find out more about the complete driver and working with Zane Goddard in the super cheap auto wildcard this year, and it starts now.
3: Welcome back to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock and Craig Ravel. And we've got a man whose name just came up again in the highlight of the column, that being Wes McDougall. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. Hey, guys. Thanks
2: for thanks having me.
3: Well, your name came up again because you've just been uh, nominated to be race engineer for the 888 wildcard program in Darwin with Zane Goddard. Wes, your history in this sport goes back many years. And we were just talking before about your early time with Mike Follin as a young man learning the game, so to speak. Tell us something of your beginnings.
2: Yeah, you make me feel like a an old man now. Um, but yeah, I, I started my motorsport career with Mike Mike Ballin, Um I think back in 1995, um, at the end of 95 when I was in, in high school still, um, and sort of turned, I guess, what was at the time, a summer job into what is now full time career. So I was there throughout we high school, and when I went went to uni afterwards, and um, yeah, was working starting out sweeping the floor and all those sort of fun fun jobs, and then um, yeah, got involved with the the engineering side with uh, building dampers, uh, data loggers. Was sort of in their infancy then. Um, design, engineering, all, all those all those exciting exciting things. So yeah, it was just a great time to be be working and exposed to the, the, the real world of motorsport.
3: And indeed that real world of motorsport, I think I first met up with you in your early days at Stone Brothers. This would be uh, late nineties, early two
2: thousands. Yeah, that's that's right. Um yeah, so I, I while completing my engineering degree at Monash in Melbourne, I, I was working for Ball and Racing uh, with the Spectrum Formula 4 and then then actually I went over to, to Europe um, and worked with with Lyster Cars. So um, they in yes, GP cars and, and LMP cars at Le Mans. So I did a few seasons there. Uh, and, yeah, that, that, was, that was the place here. Yeah. Not when I was there, but 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 Mark gave um, he he drove for, for those guys in the late nineties, and then I was there just in yeah two thousand and two, three, four. Then then I came back to Australia with the SBR, and that's, that's when yeah, I first first first
3: Indeed, and and of course you've seen this sport grow and go through many incantations, and of course, you're meeting up now with a driver who spent quite some time behind the wheel of these Gen 3 cars. He was one of the development drivers. So he's going to give you far more insight probably into what you'll be expecting. And I know you have kept your finger on the pulse of it, but uh, these are a very different beast to what you last worked on.
2: Yeah, exactly. They, it, it's a and name, uh, but yeah, under the skin, the Gen 3 is, is, is quite a different beast. Um, I guess I've been lucky or, or unlucky, <laughs> however you want to look at it, um, I've sort of been involved in the, the project blueprint era, um around the time of Marcus Ambrose and the like in in at SDR and then, you know, transitioned through to Car of the Future with with the Erebus program. Um, and then now we've got Gen Three, so each has their own unique works and um, capabilities and pros and cons, and yeah, the, the Gen Three is no different. It's, it's got some, some differences about it uh, that, yeah, some drivers uh, are climbing suits their style, and others are having to having to adapt.
3: Now, one of the things that we wanted to talk to you today about is something that you've been putting together. I imagine it's not a five-minute exercise, but you've put something together called the Complete Racing Driver. Tell us about that program.
2: Yeah, so the complete race driver is a, a concept. I sort of been in the back of my mind for a few years, and and really, I, I took some time off last year for, for health reasons. Um, and yeah, I wanted to sort of give back to sport in a little bit of a way, and I sort of looked and and, and realised that. You know, I, I love the technical side of motor racing. I love, I love that, but also enjoy helping, you know, others and especially drivers try and improve and and, and succeed and, and maximise their potential. So, the complete race driver really is really the antithesis of that. It's it try and help drivers of all calibers, uh, you know, from amateurs right through to professionals. Try and um, of structure
0: to help them with their, their driving techniques, uh, both behind the wheel and away from the track. Where's the course? Probably, if you've been thinking about doing a course like this, coming out of COVID like you have is the perfect time to have an online course because people now are so comfortable working online and particularly doing things. Of uh, you know a more intricate nature online as well. So where did the concept come from, and how did you put it together?
2: As you say, look, the world I guess the world changed, and everyone got used to doing Zoom and and those type of things and video. videos. Um, but I've I've sort of kept the up, so it's, it's video content, and it's also Um, it's got written words there below the video so uh, what I wanted to try and achieve is to to have this course where you can come back time and time again Uh, I think race driving schools and and the likes are fantastic and I encourage every driver to go and use them but what I wanted to try and create was something a little bit different so that you can come back and work on this time and time again so that, that knowledge doesn't just Get stored in your head and then get get uh, forgotten about. if this information is there for all drivers to come back time and time again to you know keep working on themselves and in different areas and try and improve. Uh, so that that was sort of the, the thinking behind it. Uh, you know to, to try and help as many many people as I as could rather than a one-on-one situation.
0: And how long did it take to put together the course, which with the Complete Race Driver course, 65 lessons. So that's uh, quite a bit of time, you know, providing that information out on on videos and tutorials. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's hard to put an
2: exact number on it from, you know, from an idea sort of floating around in the back of my head to... getting it finished, Uh, it took a little bit of time, but I I guess it it took a couple of months at the beginning of this year uh, for me to, you know, put those those thoughts in in the brain to to something that's that's tangible and and online and and ready to, to, to watch and learn that you can see now.
0: I'm actually old enough, Wes, that uh, the team I used to work for in America, which was uh, Dylan Racing, Ray Dylan used to put together some car setup instructions and they were on cassette tape. So this is quite a step up from uh, those cassette tapes of Ray explaining how to check camber, caster, how to set uh, bump steer and, and the like on the car.
2: Yeah, you know, the, the core principles of a lot of what we all do in motor racing, you know, the, the, the physics, I guess, hasn't, hasn't changed. But the, the technology and the, the tools, essentially, what mechanics, engineers, drivers have at their disposal now is, is, is you know, the big thing that's, that's changed. So, yeah, it's quite, quite amazing to see.
0: And with the course, what is the goal for someone who wants to sign up and become part of the program?
2: Yeah, so if you could think of it essentially as like enrolling for a uh, a, a course, and you you've got yeah many different chapters and sections to to go through, and then the goal is really to try and capture. Everybody, I think, you know, whether you're an amateur or a professional, the, the fundamentals are there and, and they, they matter for a reason. So you know, it's the courses divide up into different sections um, and cover such topics as, as I've just mentioned, the, the sort of fundamentals of driving, whether it's race lines, uh, braking techniques, dividing the corner up into sections. Uh, then it also talks about the, the mental side of our sports, is that. That's such a, you know, having worked with professional drivers and amateurs for so many years, that's such a big part of the sport that that doesn't get spoken about enough, I believe. So that's a big part of it. And then it it also goes into things um, away from the track. There's a lot of the important stuff is the preparation that you do before you even get to the circuit. You know, whether it's studying video analysis, Working the engineers, data. Uh, so, trying to cover and encompass all, all these topics together and, and put them in, in individual lessons that are easily, easily to digest.
3: One of the things that you've touched on there, in fact, uh, Wes, is something that uh, Craig and I have talked about um, in the, uh, the great quality of the young men who are coming through our sport. Uh, we've seen uh, an absolutely ripper young field of rookies this year and you're getting to uh, take on the uh, charge of uh, race engineering for another of them, Zane Goddard, who's not in the full-time series, but you've got a great opportunity with a young man who we think has enormous potential in this sport, Zane Goddard. Um, you must be very excited to be working with him again.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you mentioned there about... Zane's talent, and and it's, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to to work with him, and 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 trying to help him, you know, show off his talent in effect, and 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 help him on his on his quest to uh, you know race that that
0: triple You mentioned that you feel that driver coaching is important, and of course, Zane's just come back from England working with Ron Wilson again. How does having that driver coach in real life and your program complement each other?
2: Yeah, so that's yeah, a really good point, good question. The, the, the race engineer uh, can often, you know, and, and has to be both you're sort of looking at the technical side and, and trying to improve, but you're also there as the, the driver's coach on, on a race weekend. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's great that he's gone to go see Bob Wilson and, um, and stuff enough. Technique, and then you know we'll be be looking at those same same things on the on the race weekend uh, at, at Darwin and and, and testing uh, to yeah make sure that he's you know, doing all the all the, the right bits and pieces with his with his driving.
3: Interesting. Um, Where's uh, talking about Rob Wilson? Of course, that Rob doesn't run a racing driver school in the traditional sense as we knew it, say, coming through the 70s, 80s, and 90s, in that uh, he doesn't get him out in uh, a supercar or even a formula car or even a, even in a modified touring car. He just does it in road cars. And it's that fascinating thing where it's not just about the discipline of racing the car that you're, you are racing, but the discipline of driving and making sure that you're hitting those points, which I'm sure that you would cover off. Well and truly in your uh, complete driving uh, racing driving school.
2: That's right. I think one of the, the big things uh and one of the traits of, of the best the best of the best drivers that you see is is the trait of adaptability. You only have to look here in, in our country and I think we've got some fantastic drivers and you look at what, what they do uh and you know, in the off season whether it's uh whether it's car racing, rallying—you know—look at Cam Waters, you look at, Cambodas, you look at San Van Gisbergen, you look at some of these guys, what they do, and that only further improves and strengthens their their technique. You know, when when you consider supercar drivers have to drive on street circuits, permanent circuits, different compound tires—it it all all these little things helps, and and you can see with what Rob Wilson does, driving a driving a road car, getting the fundamentals right, and how you can
0: yeah that's the real world driving is is certainly important. Where's the complete race driver at the driver dot com is, where you can find out more about your program. and I do notice that you have the two packages, the the light and the full package, the light with forty one lessons and the complete package with sixty five. What's the big difference between the two? And uh, if someone did decide to go down the light route, is there a way of going? Oh, gee, I want more information. Can they then transfer to the full course?
2: Yeah, it, exactly. So, as you mentioned, they've got the, the two the two sort of packages there: the light package and the and the full package. It yes, you can upgrade. So, if you get to the end of the light package and you think, hey, I want more, that, that's certainly an option. Um, for the for the price difference of the two uh the light the light package covers all the all the fundamental topics that I mentioned before um and all the bits and pieces that are at the track and then the the extra extra pieces that you get with the full package is touching on things such as simulators away from the track and sort of extra tips and tricks whether that uh, you know, left foot braking or bits and pieces
3: as, as well. Wes, one thing that um, I would like to touch on with you is um, given that um, Zane has had such an enormous involvement in the development of the, well, not development, but in the uh, being the development driver um, through the Gen 3 program, um, and that is this um, talk about an anti-roll bar in that um, this is the first time that uh, a number of drivers um, haven't had one in the car. A number of drivers, including the likes of, of Shane and Jamie, and guys who uh, came through the period of Project Blueprint, then Gen Two, so to speak. Um, can you give us some inkling as to why do you think that there was not that put as part of the original, you know, configuration of the cars to have that anti-roll bar? Yeah, I, I,
2: I guess I, I probably can't answer why we got down this, this route, I think there's there's certainly provision uh to put them to put them in and uh, you know, it's not a two minute job, uh, but certainly they they can be put in. Um yeah, I'm not you know the powers to be while we ended up here, I guess trying to keep things equal as possible and, and there's there's two ways of looking at it I guess. You, you look at how we are now with no adjustment and you say that it look at the Everything's up to the driver. It's all in their hands. You don't one left to adjust and tools to make the cars closer to each other, so they're all the all the same. And the other other way of looking at it is that the drivers that have that uh, extra mental capacity and extra feel, if you like, to to change the car on the fly um, as the fuel load's changing, as the the brakes are changing, um, or, or trying to tune a uh, unresponsive car. Um, that would benefit those drivers and let that that driver's talent shine through. So, there's two different ways of looking at it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how we've ended up here, <laughs> but uh, I guess it's just the same for everyone at the moment.
3: Indeed, it is, and one of the things it's certainly worthwhile reflecting on. There were some key criteria that was set up that. Uh, this, this introduction of gen three should uh, hope to achieve um and you know obviously cost was one competitiveness is clearly one of the things that has been and when you look at it i'm sure you would have looked closely at it already you know the qualifying grids that the four tracks they've been to so far have all been closer than they've ever been before and you worked through an era when things were getting closer but now they are unbelievably so and you know the drivers all have to make sure on every occasion at every corner that they are hitting the uh, criteria to, to maximise their time around the track, uh, or minimise it, should I say. But Wes, thanks very much for joining us. We wish you all the very best in your introduction back into the category again, and uh, and I'm sure that you'll be uh, looking forward to being up in the heat of Darwin. and. Uh, the uh, the very close fight that'll be there in pit lane amongst the other 25 cars thanks Wes mcdougall thank you for joining us
2: on inside supercars yeah thanks Tony. thanks Craig. thanks very much for having me and yeah looking forward to getting up there
1: thank you inside supercars is produced by thunder media tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your itunes or mobile device search inside supercars the views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. you love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the limiter. Welcome to the Gates Revlimiter podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. Paused the fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, that... and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending Mega Bucks! For all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.